0: You are now entering the transit
1: zone. Welcome back to the transit zone. I'm Peter Clark in Melbourne, Australia. Mago Kingston in Conboy, New South Wales. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we record and produce these podcasts the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Beer people of the Port Macquarie region of New South Wales. We pay respect to their elders. i have done the big drive down from Toowoomba, hey, back in Convoy.
0: Yeah, I've had uh, had three visits. Each one has been sensational in its own way. But this time, um, the sitting member, Garth Hamilton, flounced out of a candidate's forum because he couldn't cop the heat from an anti-vaxxer. Yesterday, Kevin Rudd went on radio and recommended a vote, one for Susie.
1: The Susie you refer to, of course, is Susie Holt, whom we spoke to back in July 2021, Margot. We spoke to her then as the co-founder of Voices for Groom. Of course, not long after that, she became a candidate as part of the pan-Australian Voices for Independence movement. And she's back with us in the transit zone right now. Susie, welcome back.
2: Well, thank you very much, Peter and Mark. I I too would like to acknowledge the lands on which we meet today. And it's great to be back in the final week of uh, the election.
0: Susie, when we spoke to you in July, you had no intention of being a candidate. You couldn't find anyone else to do it because the seat's unwinnable and there'd be retribution for anyone who stood. What a journey. Give me one word to describe your experience since November.
2: Well, this week we've been reflecting on that it's been a privilege. A privilege. So it's been a, just a privilege to meet the people we're meeting and a privilege to stand as a candidate in Groom and a privilege to see the change we've created.
0: And what about the change in you? You're a backroom girl, you managed your husband's medical practice, trustee of the Empire Theatre, not a public speaker how about personally
2: well in my 51st year ago i never thought i would be doing this so i have done things that i never thought i would do one is public speaking the journey's been extraordinary i have absolutely loved every minute of it and i look forward to the next chapter whatever that will be we're really excited we want to get over the line we're in it to win it uh, but the things that not only i but our team have done together it's just amazing. People have risen and yesterday what happened was Queensland is a bit slow in coming together and that is Queensland. They do things at the last minute. But what we saw was a rallying of the troops and to fill booths and to fill booths locally and to have just this generosity of spirit for change has been extraordinary and we never thought it would be possible and here we are what's the
0: experience been like on the pre-poll booths last week because this is a very safe second safest seat in the country hasn't really experienced an election where people are competing. What's that been like, the feeling on those on those booths?
2: Groom has never had eight candidates, so that in itself is extraordinary. Also, you've got a whole lot of women. So that in itself has been an incredible opportunity. So Groom has never had this engagement before in politics where we've actually opened up discussion. And to see people finally participating and voicing what they would like to see happen for the region or their concerns has been just incredible. On the booths, uh, last week we had a lot of wet weather and it rained for the fourth time. So that in itself was quite challenging. Some of our booths were uh, should have really been washed out. So we've enjoyed the booths. It's been there's been a lot of camaraderie from a lot of the teams. There's been some tricky issues. And certainly we can feel the people are really wanting some positive change. Last week was probably a lot of more traditional Liberal Party, National Party voters that came in and they braved the weather and in they came. But certainly in some of the booths we feel that We certainly have their vote, which is great and uh, a lot of laughter uh, and uh, we're certainly feeding team members. So that's been really interesting to hear. The feedback we had over the weekend was that some of their outlying booths, people are really looking for some change and positive change. So that was really exciting for
1: our team to hear that. Susie, last time we spoke, we did a bit of a survey of that particular electorate. We talked about how conservative Toowoomba is and remains. There's a strong religious component there. Like your comments on the anti-vaxxers as well, apparently from Margot's reportage, they've turned up at various forums, gave your opponent, the incumbent, a bit of a hard time. He stormed out of one of the forums. So it's a very mixed situation there. Just bring us up to date on the electorate? You mentioned the eight candidates. Let's remind ourselves, too, that your opponent, the incumbent, is LNP, which in Queensland is a fused version of liberals and nationals. Just lay all that out for us, all the sort of things you've been encountering politically.
2: So we've, uh, part of our campaign has been to engage the outlying areas. So as a team, we've been working hard in Oakey, John Derry, and so Oakey has the Ackland Mine, but it also has a lot of industry, which would be exciting, particularly trucking. We have about 1300 people employed in the trucking industry. Uh, we have farmers out in that region. We've been meeting with farmers out in John Darien. They're being impacted by coal seam gas and the Ackland mine. We've also been doing a lot of work out in Pittsworth. It has about 5,000 people farming. It's a trucking stop. And then in Westbrook, which is where the last meeting was, they want to see development go ahead. So in some of those areas, we've actually been able to engage out in Pittsworth. We had a meeting last week with over 50 people around the Inland Rail and here we had members of our ag community and farmers stand up and say, we've been waiting six years to be heard. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So to actually hear that, we heard that in John Dairy and we uh, Margot uh, was actually able to attend that Meeting, We had a meeting where a number of businesses came out and supported us on that day just to hear the farmers say thank you for listening to us. We feel we've been heard for the first time. The same in the other farms which have been impacted by coal seam gas. So that's been quite extraordinary to engage with those outlying areas. And in terms of being a national uh, Liberal seat, some of the old sort of more national party areas uh, we've been able to engage positively with those people and bring them in and we've put forward a very strong ag platform and made it quite clear that we are here to represent the farmers and to bring that in with our university and also with the promotion of a really strong regional policy that's been touching the heart of those traditional landowners and it's been you know, a privilege to listen to them and hopefully to go down to Canberra and represent them.
1: Susie, you've probably watched some of the other voices for independence elsewhere here in Melbourne Goldstein with all the signage shenanigans, et cetera. and of course, Josh Frydenberg's seat of Kooyong. Do you think, upon reflection, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that the idea of so many of the independents choosing teal t-shirts and teal livery Resulted in what actually has annoyed me greatly, this idea that we see almost every day, so-called teal independence. The so-called, of course, may apply to the fact that they may or may not be independent, playing straight into the coalition propaganda around this. Not everyone's teal, of course, so Kylie Tink in uh, North Sydney's pink. That gave them the opportunity to run that line that actually they're all just a party. How do you view that side of it?
2: Well, certainly we're running on a regional policy and a regional campaign. So when we've been out campaigning, we've tried to definitely separate ourselves from the teal independents. To say that we're a regional group, we're aligning ourselves with regional candidates and like Helen Haynes and we've been talking about Rob Priestley in the seat of Nichols, and to run that path that we are regional to separate ourselves off from the Teal candidates. I think that for us in Queensland sometimes those Teal independents are a bit like the Bob Brown caravan that they did Um, during the last election, it hasn't uh, been helpful at times and we've really had to confront that and actually just really say positively, look, we're here to represent the regions, we want a regional candidate in in parliament that will represent regional Queensland and uh, aligned ourselves with and separated ourselves off from the Teal candidates.
0: Susie, you decided very early on not to accept funding from Climate 200, has that protected you in any way from um, attacks that you are a Climate 200 candidate?
2: So we've now made it very clear on the booze, we just say we are not a teal independent. That's my first point of call. Um, that was the best thing that happened for us, that we were never approached by Climate 200. We never accepted money from Climate 200, nor any other organisation. We are a locally funded local group, all volunteers. In fact, I had a member of the LNP uh, question me on the booth the other day. He said to me, oh, you must have a lot of funding because we noticed all your core flutes. You beat us to putting up the core flutes by day and you're very organised and they were perfectly placed. And I didn't realise what he was going to say to me. I said, well, actually, my husband's an anaesthetist and he's a perfectionist. So we actually lined them all up and I did it himself at home in our garage. And he actually said that he would retract that comment to the party room. So that was a really positive process for us. So that relationship building on the booths has probably helped us in many ways. And I think Queenslanders are naturally, and particularly in the regional areas, are sceptical of groups like The Climate. We've been very mindful of not presenting as a big group in our T-shirts. Certainly, I mean, I did a call out the other day. We needed a couple of people in a suit and a, you know, and a hat, because that's our group that we've got to appeal to, and um, that we are really regional. I think in a different time, had the, it's been quite challenging, the teal independence for us in regional Queensland. And I admire them and I wish them all the best of luck, and it's certainly helped change the conversation nationally. And without that conversation, it's certainly put an extraordinary platform on the stage nationally, for us in regional Queensland, we are just keeping with that regional perspective.
1: Of course, Kathy McGowan from Indi was very much a, a regional campaign as well. I remember in our first conversation, we talked about COVID and the role of COVID. Margot, Tim and I have commented upon how little COVID has actually featured until, of course, the Liberal launch in Brisbane yesterday as, as we're recording this podcast. There we see Scott Morrison reframing himself as the wartime prime minister, the, the man who pushed us through COVID. My goodness, doesn't that clash with reality? So how has COVID played out as a reality within that electorate, which does have a big health dimension as well? Has COVID remained as part of the campaign or has it just slipped off to the wings as it has for most of the rest of the country?
2: Well, I think um, it's interesting. We were inundated with health professionals asking to help us with our campaign yesterday. So I think from volunteering, we've actually been able to attract a lot of volunteers People are pretty frustrated around how COVID has been managed in Queensland, so there's been a lot of uh, issues around the management and uh, the trust in politics around COVID and the communication from both the government and state. Certainly we've been tackled on the campaign by the the uh, about mandates and the anti-vaxxers. And certainly I found myself at some of the forums where I was the only candidate who had a trust in science um, along with uh, four other candidates who were quite anti-mandates and some anti-vaxxers. So that's been quite interesting. And I think uh, on reflection All candidates should have to experience what the difficulties, even if you don't agree with them, in having to stand up and listen and hear people who are very frustrated. And I think that's a very positive experience in some ways, even though it was quite interesting to have to actually listen to people whose lives have been disrupted by COVID and to actually have to stand there and be prepared to just listen to the fact that these people have lost their jobs or chosen not to take the vaccine and stand with them. And certainly Margot witnessed that and we were there till my husband and I, who's an anesthetist and has worked in as part of the COVID team. We stood till 10.30 at night just standing with those people and listening to them, and that's an extraordinary experience as a potential politician to do that.
0: It just completely freaked me out the other night when Garth Hamilton, the the MP, he wouldn't come to any of the open mic forums. He came to the last one on the basis that it was a meet and greet, not a forum, and just before the speeches, he, he yelled out, I've had enough of this, I'm going home, and literally stormed out. There were three other candidates there, three females, who gave their speeches and listened and, you know, explained their disagreement. And I just thought, you actually haven't experienced this, Garth. You're not connected to your community. It was a real sort of light bulb moment for me about why there's so much dissatisfaction with him
2: as the local member. Margo, you're 100% correct because it's about representation and we may not always agree with our constituents but we have a responsibility as a representative to stand there and listen and it became really obvious when the current member walked out and it was a difficult situation throughout the campaign. But we've had to talk about getting security, we've had to talk about how we would manage those things really well. I actually found the first experience, it was quite trying but we got through it and it was actually good the second time around at that other forum where uh, we saw the current member walk out where we're actually able to say to some of these people are you aware that your behavior actually frightens some of the other members of those forums and actually to say you need to just be they, they couldn't come they're actually quite nervous and scared and that behavior is not good enough and they're all members of our community, and they have as much right to sit there and ask questions and be there, but in a safe environment. And actually that was very good to share that back with some of those members of our community that they probably hadn't been mindful that what they were doing, they had the right to be heard, but our other members have the right to sit there in in a safe environment. So having experienced that, it was actually, you know, we are able to say, This is what we need to be doing as a community, standing as one.
1: Susie, what you described to me just sounds so different from what we're observing with, say, Zoe Daniel in Goldstein, or Dr. Sophie Scomps in McKellar in New South Wales, such a different process, such a different set of demographics too, really different. And you've already mentioned how you, have to some extent, tried to differentiate yourself from the teal independents. I'll use the journalistic phrase, the so-called teal independents. <laughs> uh, but just remind us, what coloured t-shirts are you guys wearing?
2: So we do have, uh, we've gone with this sort of a bluey green, which represents water. We've thought about water security was a big issue in our region. And a green, which represents growth, but also we are agriculture and the home of the carnival flowers, and we want growth in our region. So, uh, and the white background. So, it certainly is about growth and moving forward. With a vision.
1: I think a few of the independents probably should have chosen polka dots or cherry stripes or something just to keep it all a bit mixed up. I just want to understand how different. Something stuck in my mind from our last conversation where you said, well, our kitchen table conversations were a bit different because we went down the pub. Do you believe that your approach to that grassroots democracy conversation, the listening as you've described it, is fundamentally different within that regional setting and within the Toowoomba setting from, say, a Zali Stegel or a Sophie Scomps or a Zoe Daniel, do you think you're experiencing something politically very different in your electorate of Groom?
2: Look, I think we've taken that true Indi grassroots model where we have just met people where they're at and to use Cathy's words, it's been... Um, in fact, I was challenged the other day on our funding and I said, we have no funding, what we have are conversations, So we are moving the conversation one, one at a time. So that's what we've been able to bring forward to create the change and encourage people to participate. So certainly we have had uh, meetings in town halls, meetings around kitchen tables on back decks in coffee shops, in the one out at Pittsworth was in the community hall. We've done two community halls and I think it really is that grassroots meeting people and bringing that conversation up and actually then we've been able to grab a group of locals who've never done press releases and use our local people and use our connections with the media to put out to the media this is what we've been doing and so to see not only our team rise but our community rise has been that shift in the conversation in groom so last week we met with a community in Pittsworth about inland rail so we have used our media locally to put that out and then to gauge that national attention that we need a conversation about inland rail that people certainly are for infrastructure like inland rail, but we need to actually engage people to talk about the impact of the route and that that is actually prime agricultural land and they needed to be included in the conversation so it certainly has been a different process i think to the teal independence we have done the hard work groom and um, how we've managed our campaign and even in the Voices Group, we've always chosen that hard route and it had to be that way to create that uh, that change for our region.
0: It struck me, Susie, with your, your, your very strong emphasis on farming and, and the outlying communities, which no one takes any notice of because 80% of the electorate is in Toowoomba, that actually the agricultural sector has been disenfranchised in Queensland, that both the the LnP and labor says yeah let's mine in, in food bowls so that that's been a a, a a real innovation in your campaign but you've you're also part of the establishment and you need to spit the establishment t- to win it and you can't just get farmers and liberal progressives you have to get small business and you've done two very interesting things in that regard you've made discussions to have a private-public partnership to finally get a new public hospital. But the the really freaky one was um, bringing um, a band member from Powderfinger down to try and set up a venue. So can you go through how on earth you did that and what the response has been among small business in in Toowoomba?
2: So one of the things that we've been providing is that we want to make our region the region of choice. And we have an issue where we have low unemployment, but we have worker shortages. And we've been focusing on how we can one, retain our particular young people, but also attract if they leave and go to uni, we want them to come back and stay locally. So we wanna grow our own, own workforce. So we were trying to think creatively out of the box, how we could attract, and retain young people in our region and we are the home of music and we are the home of arts and regional arts and performance for queensland so we approached john collins from powderfinger about whether or not who owns the trifford and the fortitude um, music valley um, hall to see would it be possible to have something like that in Toowoomba to increase the livability, but also that would be great for our tourism. Would be great for our hospitality industry, and it would just promote our community in terms of cafes and art. And uh, so, so we got him to come up and have a look at venues. What that did was we were we were able to bring small businesses, particularly our publicans together, were able to engage conversation with local council, with state members, and we brought people together and we had a conversation in a pub about the possibility of gigs coming to the regions and then a regional gig concept, which was amazing to have you know, 15 or so people talking about regional music and what that could do regionally for Australia and an opportunity to engage young people and the potential that could do for the music industry. So that was amazing.
0: So the big thing that happened last week was um, obviously a lot of people don't want to put their head up because they think, oh, well, Garth's going to win this and this is a power structure that doesn't shake. And you had one of the biggest developers in town, Michael McNabb, a $400 million man, come out and say, I'm going to vote for Susie. You had a a big lawyer around town saying the Liberals, Adair Donaldson, saying the Liberals have gone too far right, I'm voting for Susie. What was the reaction in in the the establishment to... to to really serious establishment people putting their hand up and saying, I'm going to do something different?
2: So we've challenged the establishment, which has been great, and it needed to be challenged. So when we set out, I might have mentioned this in the first interview, we really wanted to throw that challenge to the region, and it's been positive so people have come out and said, yep, yeah, it's time. And certainly what we set out to achieve was a vision and we listened to the community and they wanted a great vision and a vision on for our region and to take that vision down to Canberra and certainly to put groom centre stage because we have just been stuck for too long and the the response has been, oh, yeah, I actually had someone and a high up business person come up to me at the gym and say you're the vision woman and we want that let's go let's go forth and create some positive change together so to have that come in, in the last couple of weeks of the campaign has been incredibly positive and our region has been quite innovative but in its own way. And if we could take that down to Canberra with federal funding and bring that back to our region, whether that's through a national regional strategy or just even to put ourselves on the national stage, I think we've already achieved that. If we can get over the line, it would be extraordinary and would be a great opportunity, not only for Groom, but for regional Queensland.
1: Susie, my final question to you, it's a portmanteau question, really. Firstly, do you feel... And from your comments so far, I think I know part of your answer anyway. Do you feel you've changed the politics in that electorate forever? Changed the very deep character of politics through that process that you've embarked upon? And secondly, spotlight back on you personally and your family. We spoke to you back in July. You were just setting out. It's already been an extraordinary journey. What have been the most shining positives that you've learned about human nature? And you're a very positive person, we know that, but what about some of the things that dismayed you the most about human nature and and the process of politics? How has that journey been?
2: Look, Peter, we've run a really positive campaign from the word go. I'm going to say that we will continue to run a positive campaign. We have definitely changed the political scene in our region and to see that and the messages that we're getting from the most unlikely of people across the region certainly moving forward I think it will be exciting to see where it heads there has not been too many negatives at all in fact we just keep rising with every challenge and I think that's partly the people that we've been able to bring together one of the most exciting things has been the generosity of spirit the people coming out and saying keep going keep going we actually can see change locally in terms of we've been able to reach out to to Tulma Regional Council the business community state members and I think to have those conversations and people working together that's the change that's what we set out to do we've achieved more than we thought we would ever achieve and Here's to what happens after the 21st. I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens.
1: And you've unleashed that inner public speaker that who knew?
2: Well bring it on. Never thought I could speak how we've been speaking. And uh, I think we've created a really strong platform from listening to the community. It's been community focused. It hasn't come from me. It's come from locals. We are a local campaign and locals, we've given locals a voice. That's what we wanted to do. Let's use that voice to move forward and see what happens.
0: You started the first and only Voices for group in Queensland. And I'm just, just been absolutely thrilled to follow your progress. And I wouldn't be anywhere else on Saturday night, but at one of your famous parties. So I hope you'll let me come.
2: Well, we're welcoming everyone to our party. It's sort of an open, it uh, just to have people come together and really have that their voices heard. It's been a joy to create change in one of the most conservative, safest seats. We've achieved that and we welcome everyone. And uh, i thank you, Margot and Peter, for the opportunity. Certainly, I look forward to more conversations in the future to see where Groom groom heads. Let's hope the conversations keep going.
1: It's been great to spot you again, Susie, and Margot and I are combined on looking at that country-city divide. It's one of the great stories of Australian politics, and I think that's going to play out on Saturday night as well. I hope your week goes well. I hope Saturday goes really well. In one way or another, whatever happens, a change has happened within Groom. Thank you for joining us in the Transit Zone.
2: Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Margot.
1: Thank you, Margot. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Peter. If you'd like to email us at the Transit Zone, here is our email address, transitzonepod at gmail.com. We always welcome your comments, your questions, and your ideas for new podcast episodes, transitzonepod at gmail.com. I'm Peter Clark in Melbourne, Australia. Thanks for listening, and please join us again soon, right here in the Transit Zone.
0: You are now leaving the Transit transit zone. Zone.